now betting for the sports animal. Your afternoon drive. Number two, Menon, Van Nunley, and Fred Slow. And in the on deck circle, Amory Castillo. This is Two Men On with Van Nunley and Fred Slow. Van Nunley, Fred Slow, and Ned James live in studio. Let's hey, go. That's my quarterback. Hey, let's have a party. I like, I like that. I like the party invitation. Hey, the party invitation. Ned, put, your, put that microphone in your face. You know this thing works. Now you're with us. Yeah, Ned goes, that's my first day. <laughs> I went and got Ned from the door. Ned goes, let's just give me a code here. <laughs> For real? <laughs> no. No, just cl- let's just clone my door card. Did it have me here until three in the morning instead of two in the morning? For how much you fill in, too, I just don't understand, especially the mornings. I know, but sorry. Right. Put this man on the payroll. Hey, you on the mornings is fun. It's I I I think maybe it's your cadence or it's your voice or whatever. But I'm like, whenever I whenever I catch you in the mornings when you're in with JJ, yeah. I'm like, okay, like t- <laughs> today's gonna come easily. Like Ned Ned's welcoming the day. Yeah. Like this is gonna be it. I was gonna try to surprise you today with uh, Craig Hendry, but uh. That would have been sweet. It was, I was going to shock you with him in the, in the four o'clock hour. <laughs> you give me three he minutes. Me back. He called me back like fifteen minutes before you guys came on. He's, so He's like, Ned, I'm so sorry, man. I just I, I got this mess, and I, and I only got twenty minutes. So yeah. you, you, if you can get me off from, from five to uh, five twenty. Did you have any idea who I was? Probably not. Uh, I haven't mentioned you yet. Oh, okay. I was uh, just talking to him just about being on the show, and I said there's a guy I was going to kind of bring you into yeah. it, kind of in a creative way, but uh, I said there's a guy from your hometown that's here. The, well, the thing that's interesting about, like, St. Louis and football players is we didn't make, like, a ton of them. Sure. You know, like we, like, we had some good ones. Like, some good guys came out of St. Louis. Isaac Bird was a real good football player. Oh, obviously, yeah. obviously Craig. Uh, Lawrence Maroney was a real good football player. There was, yeah. there was a handful of guys that, that played a really high level. I think it's a baseball one there or basketball one there? Uh, as far as the athletes produced, I, probably basketball. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Probably. Uh, East St. Louis. Yeah, East St. Louis for sure. Darius Miles. I Football mean, ball players too, though. Yeah, a bunch of them. Brian Cox. Brian Cox yeah. yeah, there's, yeah, we had some big names come out of my hometown. And then, but the best athlete to ever come out of St. Louis, East St. Louis specifically, Jackie Joyner Kersey. It's not even close. Yeah, yeah. Jackie Joyner Kersey is, Legend. like, I even, I got goosebumps just even bringing her name up here. Definition <laughs> of athlete. Because what she did for the community too, after she left East St. Louis and came back, mm-hmm. the Boys and Girls Clubs were all built by her. Like, she was just, she's that, that person you're trying to be yeah. was Jackie Joyner Kersey. Ned James, with you're joining us, Ned. You shot us both a text. Terrence Masson's got a big party going on. What's oh, up? Oh, yes. Vegas, December 4th. We have to go to Vegas? And, yes, you get to go to Vegas. And 4th and 5th. 4th is the uh, party, and the 5th is the introduction and induction into the College Football Hall of Fame. How great, dude. So all the meatheads, all the offensive linemen, all the receivers, all the quarterbacks, everybody that's ever played with Terrence, they're all going to be there, and alumni, and Many fans and friends and everybody's going to be there. It's a, it's a pretty big Hall of Fame in, induction. Yeah. It's you know Reggie Bush is going in. Oh, how cool! There's, there's a lot of guys that are going in, but uh, give him his trophy back. One is the Lobo. That's all we care about. <laughs> That's yeah. a, when Reggie goes in, they just hand him back his Heisman. And they go, sorry. we're sorry, yeah. sorry. Thought, Everyone was, that was doing it. Him going in too. Uh-huh. I said, oh, this is going to be interesting. There's a handful of dudes who who changed that college game. Reggie Bush was one of them. Oh, you know, yeah. There, yeah, there was a handful of guys where. Uh, after they started doing it at a high level collegially, the game was just kind of changed forever. I, 
I don't know another really good example. I thought that Crabtree kid when he was at Texas Tech, I thought he was a guy who made the college game a little bit different. But, yeah, Reggie Bush was special. I, Jeremy Bloom I thought was real special at Colorado. I thought he changed special teams for for college football for a long time. But, yeah, Reggie's on that list. Yeah, I was I was I looked at the list of guys that are all going in with them, and it's a pretty pretty good list, you know. Uh, I, I, just off the top of my head, I just knew Reggie Bush and and uh, who else is going in? Uh, I'm pulling it up right now. Are you okay? Yeah, pull it up because um, uh, it's quite a quite a good list. Uh, Macklin, Jeremy Macklin from Missouri, he's going in. He was a special talent uh, when he was, he was at Missouri. Missouri, yeah. yeah. And he, he was more special at Missouri, I thought, than in the pros. Even though he played pretty well with the Eagles, he was a uh, yeah, he, his time at Missouri was interesting. Those were the Gary Pinkle years. And Pinkle was um, not a winner by skill, but a winner by recruiting. Like, he could bring in talented dudes, but I didn't see him as, like, any sort of mastermind out there by any means. Um, and he also had a kid named TJ Moe on the other side that could play wide receiver pretty well. So, yeah, those Mizzou teams were strong. I don't see the list immediately in front of me. Oh, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Eric Berry, Ian, uh, Michael Bishop, Rosie Bush. Michael Dwight. Bishop. Dwight Freeney, Robert Gallery, we've interviewed several times. Sure. And exactly. yeah, he's got an incredible story. Have you talked to him personally ever? No. no, no, no. So he has a story of mental health. And, oh, wow. and what he does is he talks at length about the idea and the perception of what it means to be an offensive lineman and the toughness that it takes, not just physically, but, but all aspects. And, and he had a, he had a real vulnerable moment in his life, and he talks about that. And he talks about, like, his journey towards back, like, stability and balance in the world. So if you get a chance to peel off with Robert Gallery, I would encourage you to do that because yeah. he, he is a special individual. Right. I, you know, that's what, that was my goal once I got there was to try to kind of yeah. see some of the guys. Because I know Troy Vincent a little bit. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to talk to some of the, you know, some of the guys in the Going into the halls. So. Michael James was the dude at Oregon whenever yeah. that was a big deal. Derek Johnson, a uh, linebacker out of Texas. Derek played, Johnson, yeah. Played a lot of years. And then we get into, I don't know, Bill Kolar. I don't know who that is. Montana State, 71 73, not sure. Luke Keekley, try to spell that correctly. Keekley, yeah. Oh, man, he's a dude. <laughs> and then Terrence Mathis right here, um, just so special. Bryant McKinney was the, was an all pro for a lot of years. This is, I mean, this is a class. It's Tim a Tebow call. going Tim in? Tebow, yeah. I was surprised at the Tim Tebow one. Yeah. I thought, yeah. You know, maybe a little bit later, but yeah, I guess now. Well, he was busy playing baseball. They didn't know if they wanted to say he was a football <laughs> player, baseball player. <laughs> Troy Vincent, Brian Rusbuck. These are some names. D'Angelo Williams, who D'Angelo um, Williams. Memphis was he was it was an interesting recruit because he, he got stuck lot- with Memphis when he was big his senior year. Then right. everybody came in on him, but he stayed with his commitment to Memphis, which was kind of rare in those days. That's before NIL, so I would imagine. In Memphis, I would have. Well, the reason why I know is because Jolie Dunn was there, and I was coaching it with the Titans, and Jolie was talking about how we got this kid; he's pretty special, Ned, and he's going to stay with us. <laughs> you know, so one of those kind of deals. So Memphis is an interesting media market too. They got two big sports channels, um, and one carries like minor league baseball and some stuff, and the other one's like a whatever, like a four letter network. Beautiful affiliate. stadium downtown. Yeah, Memphis. it's real special. It's a the downtown is really really nice, man, of Memphis, and then one block off of it is not for us. Yes, the um, let's. Got to meet Jerry West, though. Pretty cool guy. Oh. Gary Colson was the cool guy. Gary was the vice president there at the time when I was with the Titans. And Jerry West wanted to meet me. And I was shocked. Yeah. Logo wanted to meet me for one reason. And you would probably know that reason. Uh, I, on the spot, I don't. West Virginia. Oh, that track. Pac-Man Jones. Yeah. <laughs> and 
He had uh, white chocolate. Jason Williams at the time. That's Van's guy. That's the second and, time today we and, mentioned Jason Williams. And they, and they both could not stay out of trouble. Mm-hmm. Jason Williams kept smoking weed at the bottom of FedEx Arena, and Pac-Man Jones kept beating up people at strip, strip clubs at the same time. And he wanted to talk to me about what the heck is wrong with these young guys from West Virginia because he was a West Virginia guy. And uh, I got to sit up in the suite with Jerry West and the logo, and I was, you know, I was just intrigued by the fact that he wanted to talk about Pac-Man Jones. I'm like, Sir, uh, Pac-Man is kind of a lost cause. I don't know <laughs> what they had in the water down in Atlanta, but you know that's his Virginia. that's his drug dealer name. You know that, right? That's <laughs> Pac-Man. That's not his legal name, sir. No, the drug dealers were trying <laughs> to get Pac-Man to stop smoking weed. They were on the FBI wiretaps saying, "Don't sell it to weed because he's going to ruin his career." We spent a night with him in Phoenix um, recently. It was different. Yes, it had a different energy. Sure. I know you guys wanted to get him on the show that one time when he was at the Super Bowl and he didn't get on. Uh, I was he, give him a hard time. Because uh, I used out. to coach him. I actually coached him about return, but yeah. he's, he's kind of wild to hang out with now. So, uh, would, Very. <laughs> with the way punt returns have changed in the NFL, would he be in today's NFL? I felt that's kind of what helped him. I mean, defensively, he could obviously play, but his special teams was so significant. Yeah, so special teams is significant. Yeah. If nobody will listen to me because I keep saying it is significant. And, uh, I saw Bill Belichick cut a guy the next day because he told the guy, do not punt it to Pac-Man Jones. We beat him on a Monday night football game. Sure. Patriots came into town. And the putter decided, I'm going to try to get my net average up, so I'm going to putt it deep. And Pac-Man ran all the way back, caught the ball, and then he did like the Pac-Man yeah. game. He kind of went, whoop, 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 caught it down. running backwards, looking at the goal <laughs> yep. line. And then he took it about 80 yards and then jumped on the goalpost and slid down. Is, is Pac-Man in the College Football Hall of Fame? Not yet. He you know, I think he's. You know who jail, should dude. be who should be in the College Football Hall of Fame. Let's say hypothetically, you had a higher passer efficiency rating than Notre Dame legend Steve Burline. <laughs> you, do you feel like a guy? <laughs> <laughs> let's no, say. I mean, I don't. I mean, guy, it could it could be anybody we're talking not about. Snaps. If you had a better career passer efficiency rating than Steve Burline, you should be in the College Football Hall of Fame. Who tracks for me. Who could we possibly be referring to? Ooh. Oh wait. New Mexico legend sitting right here, Mr. Ned James. I'm just happy I was ahead of a guy from L.A. Burline's an L.A. guy, so that's why when I saw that I was ahead of him, I said, I got to send this to the boys just so they know. You just send him a picture of football reference like every Christmas on a Christmas card? Steve Burline. (laughs) Well, you see Harbaugh's in there, too. Sure. We're not as crazy as Harbaugh, so I, I like to keep that. You see, they settled their thing today. You see yeah. that? That's embarrassing. Was it three Michigan, games? Michigan those? should be embarrassed. I mean, they should have just. Because why can't anybody ever say, "I'm sorry, we made a mistake." That's okay. all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Listen, and then people will forgive you, and people will look. But to make a big like, we didn't have due process. Well, you haven't said that you didn't do it. So say say you didn't do it. Then say due process. So, well, I mean, they were smart enough to cover Connor Stallion's paper trail. Mm-hmm. No, so they, now they Harbaugh, Harbaugh looks isolated from the whole thing. So like, okay, fine, just three games. You, air quotes, didn't know anything Here's about it. What Michigan, you, air quotes, didn't facilitate it. What Michigan could do, and just hear me out, is anytime somebody asks about like like something weird that they've done, they just hold up like a, like a Michigan State sign. And they go, but... But look at Michigan State. Hey, they're was, way worse. Yeah, come on, that's the bad right. one. It's essentially what they're saying. Yeah. Anyway. What? what? Like us? We we're not that bad. No, we're not state. We're not. Yeah. Them. We're just 
cheating at a game. We're not we're just, assaulting people. We're just firing all the people who didn't benefit from what happened. We're going to fire all of them. <laughs> yeah. We're going to do like the Patriots. Patriots have like six guys in New England who can never work in the NFL ever again. Yeah. Uh, because it was their fault that they were cheating. It wasn't the Patriots they were cheating for. They were just cheating. But they, they're banned from the NFL. One of them is Skardekia's son, Eric, can never work in the NFL again. What? Ned, Ned there ain't no generals on the front line. You're not going to stick your neck out like that. What's that? Of course. No, you're going to send in the scrubs first but, to take all the heat. But then everybody says that you know nothing really happened. It's it's okay. They don't have asterisks by their Super Bowls. They, they're going to be first ballot Hall of Famers. You can't you can't have Brady as a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's got to be a third ballot. He and Belichick have to be third ballot. Hold up, Ned. No. no. Whenever we get back, no. you get lambasted. I like okay. this a lot. Zoom it on. Bring it on. on. <laughs> 95.9 <laughs> FM and AM 610. Sports Animal. Five o'clock on a Friday. Let's go. Hopefully it's a payday for you, friends of the show. Head over to this Lettuce Sports. Hey, what's the big bet this weekend, Amory? What's the one? What's the one where I get rich fast? Rich fast? Yeah. I need to get rich. I got a... Um, no, there's a lot a, of... I owe a guy. Like... Do you? <laughs> if you owe a guy, that means I owe a guy. So let's talk this out in the commercial break. Ned, we have a shared banking account. <laughs> Ned James joining us on the program. There's a lot of thick spreads on Sunday. Ooh, nice word. So, uh, not a good weekend for betting. Okay. We won't bet then. There's like two, three games with like little spreads that might, maybe you can put a parlay together. Well, I was wrong to ask you, but not as wrong as Ned James was about Tom Brady having to wait until the third nomination. Ned does not like... Tom, what Peter Brady. Here? He's okay. the greatest of all time. Okay, let's, oh, let's, let's look at it boy. realistically. Right. I, got, I got into an argument with Peter <laughs> King on the sidelines mm-hmm. when I was in Cleveland about, okay, so Terrell Owens, no infractions, no cheating, no suspensions whatsoever. Yeah. Goes in on the third ballot. Now, why does he go in on the third ballot? And Peter King says, well, Ned, I, I, you know, we were almost yelling at each other. On the he sidelines. gets a vote. No, yeah, he says, I, I always voted for Terrell Owens to go in to the Hall of Fame. Arguably, one of the greatest receivers of all time. Goes in on third ballot because you, Peter King, convinced the writers because he didn't get Mm. along with Terrell, because Terrell Owens did not get along with Andy Reid. You convinced all the writers that he should not get in. He says, yeah, I did, Ned, but I voted for him. I just told them why he shouldn't be in because of his behavior. Okay, no suspensions. Now we got cheaters. Now, if we're going to let all the cheaters in, let's let, I want... Pete Rose in charge of gaming for Major League Baseball. Yep, I'm I want in. OJ as the commissioner of football. Well, I want hold Michael Ray Richardson hey, hey, well, oh, okay. in charge of, in charge of, uh, in charge of uh, drug testing for the NBA. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're going to let all the crooks in, Bobby Bonds, everybody need, Barry Bonds, everybody needs to get in if we're going to let the cheaters in. Let's let them all in. OJ Mayo doesn't even play football first off. OJ He's Simpson. a basketball player. Oh, Simpson. Simpson. Never and, mind, and Simpson. I said Michael Ray Richardson <laughs> for the drug testing for the NBA. Now, Everybody knows his cocaine history, but I'm just saying, if we're gonna let all, if we're gonna let the cheaters in, let's let them all in. Don't say guys are cheaters and they can't get in. Some of them because we don't like them, and then others that we like because we love Tom the cheater Brady, we love Bill Belichick, we love, you know, Robert Roxanne. You don't have to turn off the red light for my massage craft. <laughs> okay, so um, you did that. Great, great. You know, we're, those guys are going in on the first ballot, or are they, or should they? I mean, do we do we let do we give guys a pass because they won? Do we give cheaters a pass? You got six guys in the organization that could never work in the NFL ever again. 
was it their fault for deflating footballs or overinflating them so the guys can kick them out of the stadium? I don't right. know what they did in New England. You know, playing in sub-zero weather so you change the pressures of the ball, that's cheating. Um, filming other people, that's cheating. Do we just allow the cheating and say, give these guys first ballot Hall of Fame attention? And let's not get Terrell Owens in because we just don't like him. Terrell Owens. Not that he did anything. So he goes in on the third ballot. He didn't even get in on the second ballot. He went in on the third ballot because they didn't like him. It he, wasn't because he did anything. That's the really good example one. Right. That's the guy that people didn't like because he looked good doing sit-ups in his driveway. And I, I get that example. So Tell here's why Brady gets in on the first ballot well, despite I, being suspended. I got one investigative question. Okay. How much did he know? Is he sitting in all the meetings whenever they're like, here's how we're going to cheat? Is he in the closet at the facility going, okay, overinflate, okay, underinflate? Like, what is his level of involvement with that? So you believe he absolutely had nothing to do no, with, I don't believe that. with any intention of be, having the balls at a certain PSI? Because if I've been in New England in January, cold. and I've been in Green Bay, and I've been in Minnesota. I coached in Minnesota. I've never been colder in my life than in the playoffs, in the divisional playoffs, at night because they play those East Coast games at night right? in New England. That's the coldest I've ever been. It's an advantage. And so, you know, if, you, if you're taking advantage of the rules, if you break the rules, then don't have rules. If you're going to have rules and guys break the rules, there has to be some kind of consequence. I go by what Chuck Noll and Don Shula says. Both of them said there should have been asterisks by those Super Bowls. And, and, and guys with integrity, the Tom Landrys, the guys who did it without cheating, can, can, we, can we at least say, hey, look, we can put these guys on the pedestal. That guy, yeah, he's a great – and I, believe me, I, I think Bill Belichick is one of the greatest coaches of all time. No question. Not first ballot Hall of Fame. You got you to gotta pay, pay the price for your behavior. And you can't just brush it off as saying, hey – uh, we just roll it all into, you know, what the game is all about. It's about cheating and, hey, we're going to, you know, give them a pass. You know, they got suspended. They got uh, draft picks or what have you. There, should there be a stronger consequence? I believe there should be. If Terrell Lowens goes into the third ballot, dang it, Brady, Belichick, and Robert, can I have room number 13 with the dark light for my massage craft? They should all go in at second or third ballot. How many rooms are at this place? Not enough, apparently. Baker's dozen. That seems like a lot. You're right, Ned. I'm but sorry that I'm no right. one is going to I agree with Tom. you. I love Tom the Cheater Brady. Every guy that came on our team when I was in t Tennessee, they just loved Tom. And sure. Tom was a great teammate. I never heard a bad word about Tom the Cheater Brady. But yet and still, if you're going to tell me that those guys that got fired, those equipment guys that got fired, it was them. That cheated, not the guy who was benefiting from Listen, it. Listen, I'm saying he was aware. I just don't know if he was like the he mastermind. Was, he was aware to the fact that he broke his phone when they were coming to investigate I mean, one of his part, cell phone. I mean, I mean, that's wild. He was aware to the fact that he was paying him $1,500 a game in the playoffs. He was aware to the fact that Pro Bowl quarterbacks and 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 then former Super Bowl quarterbacks said, "Hey, I did it. I, I paid guys to deflate balls." Tom, quit quit lying. At least admit it. I would have a little bit more – I would be more agreeable to them if they would admit to it. If 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 Bill Belichick would say, hey, look, people, I apologize. I should not have done that. Okay, then maybe they go to first. If Tom the Cheater Brady said, hey, look, 
paid the guys to deflate balls because my hand, I got baby hands and I let the balls slip out of my hands. You're thinking of Kenny Pickett. And so, I got baby hands. So, hey, Marie, we need a new hotkey. I, I, would, I would be more inclined to say, yeah, okay, we can maybe have them go in on the second or maybe first, you know, because they, they show some contrition. They show some, you know, empathy towards the fact that they did something to harm the game. But they're not doing that. And so they don't need to go in on the first ballot. The only reason why they're going in the first ballot because there's lots of men out there that kiss their Tom the Cheater Brady poster every morning before they go out to work. <laughs> and, and they want these guys because they, they just admire these guys so much. And, and I understand that. But at the same time, we got to go by the rules. Everybody gets treated the same. Or what are, what are we doing here? Right. Hey, Marie, we need a new hot key. We need Hannibal Burris <laughs> yes. on the Eric Andre show when he says, why are you booing me? I'm right. Yes, that's what This is Ned right now. A list. This is the most why are you booing me? I'm right moment in the history of this <laughs> program. I like Tom the Cheater Brady. Don't, <laughs> don't get me wrong because every guy that's ever come on a team that I've been on that have, have, that's had experience with, with being on the team with Tom, just love the guy. The guy's just great. He takes his players with him, introduces them all to supermodels as well. And, you know, so every guy was like, that's this guy's guy. great. That's my guy. It's just but so at the same sweet. Time, I can't, I can't quite go with the not saying, hey, I'm sorry. Hey, I didn't mean to do it, guys. I got baby hands, and I just had him. I paid him $1,500. he said he had baby hands. <laughs> Look, if. The deflate balls in sub-zero weather in New England in January so I could win divisional playoff games. For, for you, again, I agree with you. You're correct. Maybe he shouldn't be. Maybe you should make an example of him for all the future cheaters to see, hey, yes. we, even, we even punish this guy. But right. I got a counter argument. Okay. He loved the game so much, yeah. he was willing to rip apart his family and run away his beautiful supermodel wife for the game. For the love of the I game. I think that counteracts those points. If it was just the first one. You got two super baby, <laughs> supermodel baby mamas. You know, when you got two supermodel uh, baby mamas, you know, okay. Pretty good track record. I think super good. You know, you, you know what it reminds me of? Because he saved the game of football. The game of football like in 2000, 2001, is not the game of football that it is today, right? Fandom, everything associated with it. Mark McGuire did the same thing. Mark McGuire cheated the crap out of baseball and saved baseball in the summer of 98. Right. Four so years he, after the strike. So, so does he get treated any differently than Tom the Cheater Brady? Mark McGuire well, very much in the Hall so. of Fame. He yeah. should be in the Hall of Fame. Right. But he's not. That's a good point. But he's, oh, man, he's just so awesome. And Barry Bonds. <laughs> should be in the Hall of Fame. But he's not. Pete Rose, who's my favorite player of all time. I yeah. snuck in the Dodger Stadium just to see Pete Rose. Should be in the Hall of Fame. Dodgers. But he's not. Sammy Sosa, Rafael Palmeiro, Roger Clemens, all these guys. The the second Major League Baseball made a deal with FanDuel and DraftKings. You should have made a public apology to Pete Rose. Yeah. It's like, you know what? It's not as big of a deal as we made it out to be. Come on back, buddy. Come on, Hit King. Or wait, there was all Pete. the weird kid stuff, too. Never mind. Yeah. That part got but weird. The, yeah. But the, the thing with Pete, too. It, it, I, Allegedly. I, I just have this thing, and you guys can say I'm wrong about this. You got to say sorry. If you said sorry, I would I would push it into the first ballot. If sorry for what? Wanting it more than the next guy? If, if, if Brady would say <laughs> sorry, if Belichick would say sorry, nobody says sorry anymore. Look at Harbaugh. All he has to say was, hey, I look, I made a mistake. I don't want our university to be stained by what I did with having a guy go out and advance scout. I know that was part of the rules, and you know we kind of went overboard with it. I apologize. It would go away. Guys can't say sorry. They get lawyers. I mean, I hear a guy come on the morning show. He's talking about due process. 
nobody's saying that they're sorry or nobody's saying that they didn't do it. They're just saying we want due process. What, what are we doing here? What are we trying to teach the kids? Due process is a wild one because you end up in a spot where, and we'll just use like Michigan as an example, right? So you're talking about that Jim Harbaugh stuff. If he right away goes, hey, my bad, even if he lies, if he says, my bad, I thought we were within the rules. Yeah. We weren't. We screwed up. I'll right. take mine. That yes. is such an easy Thank you. out. Even if you're lying. Yes. Even if you know you're outside the rules. You don't yes. say, um, guilty until proven guilty or uh, whatever. I screwed that up. Sure. I'm the victim now. I'm the victim. We're America's team. Everybody's after us because said they're just so jealous of us because we, we are just so fantastic. No. Wait wait a minute now. Mm -hmm. Like, you've won the last four five national championships. Oh, wait, you lost to TCU last year. Wait a minute. Now you've won uh, a national championship in what decade? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, he's, he's made his team as if there's some special, you know, you know, entity that everybody's against. And I'm just thinking, what is Harbaugh talking about? I mean, am I like on a different planet than everybody else? What, what is he saying? Does he ha actually, let's tackle this when we get back more Jim Harbaugh talk and how I believe the NFL is forever going to be his safety net. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610, the sports animal. Little housekeeping as we move forward. Thank you for joining us on the two men on live stream, Facebook or YouTube or wherever you're joining us. Vince Young, Vince Young changed the college game. That's an opinion of friend of the show, Joel. I think there's some truth to that. Very good answer. Shame he's just there at the same time as Reggie Bush. That's probably the best college football game I've ever seen. Is that the best college football game you've ever seen? Texas, USC? It's one of the best, yeah. Yeah. What was that, 08? Is that right? Oh, 08, I guess. Two of the best college football games of all time were that year. The Boise, Oklahoma. Sure. And then USC, Texas, like days apart. That's the like, Statue of Liberty play? So, exactly. Ian Johnson's scoring. Yeah, that was. Yeah. Also, I think I'm just old man slow now. I just like relive all these things from when I was like young and really in my fandom. Like, me now is like, ugh. Yes. <laughs> another game. <laughs> These happen every year. We were just talking off. It was the four of us, or three of us, and Jeff Simbietta. And I was, you know, we were at commercial break. And it was, you know, we're looking at the weekend schedule. And it's like, there's not enough time to watch every game. There's just not. And when I was a kid, I was, like, obsessed with it. Or a young adult or whatever. I need a nap during the day. <laughs> Red Zone Channel will put me to sleep. Especially on the weekends. <laughs> You get to go to Cancun? What's up? I know. I tried my <laughs> <laughs> oh, You have no idea how hard I tried. Lady Lobos are going to Cancun? Yes, for five days. Poor JJ. He's uh, he's he's saying, hey, Ned, there's just no way we can let you. And I did everything. Hey, look, you know, you guys need Nikki. Bato's not here. Hey, I'll do all the games at home, too. Yep. If you just you know, put me in the baggage. <laughs> Any way you can slip me in. I'd have done this. Cancun. Five days in Cancun. If the, here's what I would say. I would say, you already got a block of rooms. I'll, I'll cover my own airfare. Yeah. Yeah, just like put me up. I'll be there. Or vice versa. Yeah, or vice versa. Yeah, yeah. either way. Yeah. yeah. Cut me a deal. That's, that's Meet all. me halfway. We're talking about Jim Harbaugh and how he's doing weird stuff in Michigan. Ned James joining us on the program. But Ned, thank you for taking the time, brother. Hey, thanks, brother. I know your Friday nights are so busy. I know you got <laughs> just just everyone knocking down your door just to. <laughs> yeah. And that's why we, if you're talking about Craig Hedrick, we're going to come in because we were both going through our divorces at the same time in what, Tennessee. Your first divorces? Uh, both of us had one at the same time. <laughs> it was kind of a, 
That's how we bonded. Yeah, I've been there. <laughs> I got a divorce buddy when I went through mine. I know exactly what you're talking about. So he was my, that's why he was happy to come do the show. So I'm like, hey, yeah, why don't you come do the show? Again, just, yeah, just small. It's a wild small business sometimes. Yes, so is. we're talking about that Jim Harbaugh. And yeah. I think forever he will do weird stuff because he knows the NFL will bail him out in a moment. He knows if collegially he catches any sort of fill in the blank suspension, dismissal. Um, he might even get a Jimbo Fisher deal. And then he'll end up in the NFL for any team that he calls. I don't think a single team would say no to him. I think he is a highly sought commodity that protects him and allows him to be dumb at the collegiate level. Well, the issue with him is he's made so much money and he's at a point in his life now where he can take it or leave it. Correct. And so with that being said, one of the things that's unique in the NFL, though, is that they have these things called GMs. And, you know, that position <laughs> mm. is really a wonky position because you kind of, are you in charge or is the GM in charge? And sometimes, you know, it works well together and sometimes it doesn't and somebody's going to get blamed one way or the other. So, you know, you got to win and you're getting on these teams that, you know, haven't won and, you know, you're expected to win and, you know, you want a gazillion dollars. And so, you know, what team he decides to go to um, as a result of the cheating scandal in Michigan Let's call it what it is until he allocutes until he says he's sorry I won't call it cheating uh, so um you know he's gonna get he's gonna have you know have a have a have the pick of the litter now it, it's still d- dependent on if he wants to go and, and do a rebuild or if he wants to go where there's an established quarterback already you know sure and then you know there's this personality thing maybe he doesn't get along with a with a Justin Herbert or somebody like that you know his personality is a little he's a little wonky so you got to be careful with Jim Harbaugh because, you know, he, he has a special skill and special type of guy he wants, and the RPO guys are a little bit different. So he's 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 more accustomed to that type of quarterback, I think, in the NFL. So we'll see. But, but, let me ask you about college versus pro head coaches. Mm-hmm. So I know some people enjoy being at the amateur ranks, not really amateur anymore no. with name, image, likeness. Yeah. It's It's just diet NFL, really. But to me, the best of the best, you want to be playing in coaching in the NFL with the the world's best athletes, and you want to you know impart your wisdom and win at the highest stage. And I think that's the NFL. What is it about the college game that's so appealing to some top notch coaches to are like, no, I'm fine right here. This is what I prefer. Yeah, it's always been said <clears throat> from most coaches around football is that in college the kids look up to you in the NFL the players look down on you as mm-hmm. the coach. And so you you have to be ready for that because you have to really be able to manage that kind of personality. When you're dealing with young people, I mean, you have an opportunity to influence. And you see with the crying at Michigan and, you know, the coach crying after the game at Penn State and saying that, you know, we're here for the kids and yada, yada, yada. But at the same time, you know, he's happy that they won. And, you, and if you win, it, it, everything's good. Um in the pros, you know, it, it, it's always, you know, when you lose, you know, is it the coach or is it the players? You know, I don't have the players. I need more time, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, the, and when you lose in college, all you do is talk about graduation rates. You know, you say, hey, we're not <laughs> players, and, you know, and then when, when you know, you can be like um, Denny Crum, you know, they ask you, you know, why you have a 1% graduation rate. And you're like, what, what are you talking about? I, I win national championships. Right. They're supposed to go to school. What are you talking about? You know, so it, it just depends on what what kind of college you go to. Like you're at A and M, where you got a gazillion dollars, and the players are essentially NFL type guys in college, 
or if you're at a school where there's not as much pressure to win, but you just have to keep the kids out of trouble and have a decent record. So those are the things that, that Jim Harbaugh is weighing in. And like Nick Saban doesn't want to go back to the NFL because he doesn't want to have to deal with salary caps and he doesn't want to have to deal with bonuses. And Because they settled for that three-game suspension, you don't have like the hearing that was supposed to happen today. And, and forgive me for Michigan words that I don't understand. Uh, Washtenaw County Courthouse is where that would have been. Because what then you get is you get discovery. Yeah. And discovery in legal terms means you can look at everything. And whenever you look at everything, you find everything. And Michigan knows there's a lot more. Fred, how do you know Michigan knows there's a lot more? Well, today, 24 hours-ish before, is, are they playing Maryland over the weekend, the Terps? Yes. 24 hours before, the Michigan has uh, released linebackers coach Chris Partridge. <laughs> right beforehand, uh, he'll be replaced by someone. Um, Scapegoat. Tell, Scapegoat number two. Scapegoat, well, yeah, exactly. Number two now. That's tell me. Falling on the sword. There'll be more. <laughs> There'll be more. There'll be more. You got it. Tell me you have nothing to do with ongoing investigations without telling me you have nothing to do with ongoing investigations. And look, this is the Big Ten talking. NCAA <laughs> can reopen the investigation yeah. whenever they want. Yeah. They haven't even dipped their toe in yet. They got bigger fish to fry. And They're in the middle of a college football season. They're yeah. like, oh, we'll figure you out in a minute. Hold on. And I'm that fine academic institution, Michigan, and all I'm talking about is due process. You need to shut up, Michigan. Mm-hmm. You need to just kind of be quiet and just kind of let things be and let things go the way they're going because you keep talking about litigation when, you know, you should be apologizing for the misbehavior of these fine staff members at your academic institution. You need to apologize for them because you're you're dismissing, you know, guys who are basically the scapegoats and you're not dismissing the one main person who's responsible for all of this. Just- Michigan's like, hey, now hold on, guys. We got a bunch of student-athletes here. They got to go to school. Hey, look, and then we have the holidays. Let's not let's not bother during mm-hmm. the holidays. And then, hey, look, new year, new year, new me. Let's focus, focus on being a better person. And then maybe, oh, I don't know, second week of January, maybe. Then you guys can start looking into it. Let's go ahead and finish out this season. Oh, I don't know. Maybe go win a national championship. And then you do your due diligence. I thought the most embarrassing thing was the Veterans Day issue with them doing it on Veterans Day sure. and playing the victim and saying that, hey, they did this to us on Veterans Day. Look at look at how bad they are for doing this. On, I, I couldn't believe they Michigan. It actually came out of their mouth. Well, and Michigan apologists, too, because like the Partridge Cats there or whatever, accepting the three-game suspension, uh, obviously trying to avoid discovery. Right now they're like, Connor Stallion was alone. Was alone. Uh, yes, no uh, yeah, he was, uh-huh. he was doing his own thing. Uh-huh. Like, come on, you liars and idiots and fools. No, that's us. They think that's us. That's why they say that. Oh, it's so stupid to me. It's so stupid to me. That kid grew out his first mustache (laughs) to try to look incognito, Mm -hmm. wore glasses indoors at night. Like, he's the most suspicious-looking dude who's ever been on a sideline. I had that happen to me. (laughs) Okay. I have to tell you the story. Hey, can we do it when we get back? Yeah, we'll do it on the break. Ned James um, tells us how he was cheated. I can't wait. It's two men on 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal. Back on the program. Are we wrapping up the 5 o'clock hour? We only got an hour of this program left for the week. Isn't that bonkers? Oh, my gosh. And then the crazy holiday season starts, and yes. no one's at work, and people aren't in their cars, and, and it's just like it's a crazy time. Is that what's about to happen? We've got to finish off margaritas. <laughs> hey, sipping a Sadie's margarita right now. 
prickly pear. I'm a big fan of the desert peach, yeah, but prickly good. prickly pear is a close silver for me. Got a long night tomorrow night. Boy, I just keep thinking about that. Was it? Oh, night game tomorrow. Night game. Power nap tomorrow. <laughs> I we can't had, nap. That's my problem. I can't nap. We had Duke City Championship Wrestling last night, which you haven't come to yet, Ned, but I'm not going to be mad at you this second, but you can make it up to me on December the 30th. So we had Duke City Championship <laughs> Wrestling last night. Banger of an event. Hundreds of people. Really good pro wrestling. And afterwards, I have to drink. That's my thing. Afterwards, I just have to consume alcohol. So Thursday is your Friday. It was last night until 7 a.m. Came off early today when we had to do Ice Wolves hockey. Yes. Three Ice Wolves hockey matches. Hey, I'm going to tell you right now. What it, where, what Eight hours might be my max on the radio. Like, I I can feel the fumes right here. I feel like Amory on a Friday. Oh, crap. Oh, wait. It is Amory on a Friday. I like my Brentwood baddie shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, classic misdirect. Good job, Amory. Ned James, have you ever worn a shirt of an opposing team as you went to scout them? Um, <laughs> that's the story I was t- going to tell, but... Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I I panicked, and my, I knew that I can handle pressure. I, I knew playing quarterback, you you learn how to handle stressful situations, and that was probably one of the most stressful situations of my early coaching, NFL coaching career. As I was telling the boys here a few minutes ago, um, <clears throat> my experience with and feel free not to say team names. Okay, I don't have or to your compatriots. Names. Oh, okay. We could just give it a scenario. <laughs> Let's say it's a hypothetical scenario yeah, that may or may not have happened. Yeah, hypothetically, I was a Connor. I was in a Connor Stallion situation, <laughs> and uh, I was approached with going to spy on another team. And at the last minute, I don't know where it came from. Your quick wit. I don't know if it was that. It was the, good, <laughs> the, good Lord, the good Lord gave gave. Came in and said something. Hey, Ned, you know, you, you, you used to coach with that guy. And I blurted out, hey, I used to coach with this guy. I was a graduate assistant. My first graduate assistant job was this guy. And they said, they said hey, Ned, you can't go. Um, All the history hounds are looking up. The like, training. Like, yeah. Yeah, You're I, just hearing yeah, it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> because they, a lot of people could be in trouble who are probably still coaching, uh, particularly one that I talked to this summer. But uh, – you know, that, that was just one of those things. So I know the position Connor Stallion was in, and, you know, you want to impress, you know, the head coach, and you want, you know, your team to be successful. You want to feel like you're a part of, uh, you know, that organization. Right. You're a young, young up-and-coming. Aspiring. Yes. Coach, and you really want to do, you know, the, the head coach is solid so he can, you know, give you a, a good recommendation for your next position. And and then, you know, you wind up getting fired because, you know, you did it on your own and when nobody told you to do it. And, you know, it becomes one of those things. So you really have to, you know, you got to know your boundaries. You got to, you know, you got to think on your feet. You got to come up with stuff. When, I think it's, it's, got something do with, it's got something to do with how gullible guys are, too. And I'll give you an example. You know, I've worked at the collegiate level. I've been around a lot of collegiate programs and two pro football programs. And with that said, you will see coaches braggadociously lie. They'll say, hey, I really put one over on someone. I really tricked someone here. I'm, I'm smarter than the guy in the next room. And these young kids take that like it's like it's altruistic. And it's not. It's just, it's not. no, it's just a braggadocious. Yes. You think you have to rise like like the cream of this crop? And it, you're right. And it doesn't work that way. Like it you're you're a mark. You are. And people will remember. 
when you do things like that, people now some people get, get by with it. Like I talked to a GM this summer who made it up the ranks um, as a result of you know some of this behavior. But uh, by the same token, you know you you are stained. You know people remember you know you for those things, and, and a lot of guys think that that's their only way, their only chance of ever climbing is if they're you know doing a solid or doing a favor for a guy who's in a position of authority and position of power. And as we've seen, you know, like I talked about with New England, you know, there's six guys from that New England organization that could never work in the NFL ever again because of things that they did that they felt or they thought would help the club and would help their careers. And unfortunately, you know, you're kind of fodder. You know, you're kind of tossed aside. Until, like, Connor Stallions or, or somebody of his ilk gets a call from, like, the CIA and said, look, buddy, we think you're spy material, young man. Why don't you come over here to, to Langley or whatever and sit down with us? Let's see what you're really made of, sport. I mean, I think football fan and sports fan is wildly naive if you don't think these guys with millions of dollars on the line, a legacy on the line, mm-hmm. is going to do everything within their power Are you talking about D. to Gordon? gain an advantage. Are we talking about D. Gordon? Is that what we're doing Millions. Right now? Millions. Are we talking about D. Gordon who signed an $80 million deal after after he did PDs for an entire season, got popped, and then just retired off into the sunset? That's $80 million. With $80 uh, million? Dollars? Every, every single gray area of the rules or the laws, people in these positions of power, they're going to go after that advantage yes. every single time. Yeah. It's the ones who are irresponsible and dumb that get caught and ruin their legacy. Dumb is this outro music because Ned James says they're going to hang out with us an hour. Ned, you killed hey. it today, brother. Loved it. Loved it. Talked Loved a little it. bit about Terrence Mathis. Margaritas. <laughs> <laughs> you're like maybe my favorite pro. <laughs> like you're maybe my favorite professional in this town. Favorite, favorite radio sports guys now with the margaritas i can't i can't you got no one can top that the one qualifier the margaritas also yes. van just carries sadie's mixed margarita drinks around his backpack i have them so often i forget that they're in my backpack if you see me out in the community with my backpack <laughs> he's like crack one of them sadie's for me van and i'm like oh crap oh, yeah. i probably have one on me hey james thank you so much brother hey thank you guys loved it loved it you going over here strauss after this Uh, I'm going to finish off this margarita and uh, try to make it home. (laughs) (laughs) NFL predictions when we get back. It's tuning on. 95.9 FM and AM 610. The Sports Animal.